Hello, and welcome to Lifetimes of Learning, a production at the Buddhist Discussion Centre Australia. In our podcast series, we will be discussing the teachings and principles of Buddha Dharma, which is just as relevant today as they were 2,600 years ago. In this podcast, we will cover Chapter 11 of the book titled Bringing Wisdom to Life, authored by Anita Carter and Frank Carter, published by Tableau Publishing in 2018, copyright held by Buddhist Discussion Centre Upway Limited. Whether you are on the meditation cushion or on your way to work, we invite you to bring your mind inside and listen to the teachings of the Buddha. Chapter 11. Truthfulness In Heart of a Buddha, published by Amitabha Publishing, it is written, The gift of truth overcomes all gifts. The joy of truth overcomes all pleasures. The taste of truth overcomes all sweetness. The loss of desire overcomes all sorrow. When we examine the subject of truth as a Buddhist, we will see that it is at the core of everything we call Buddhism, and particularly the life and teachings of the founder of our religion, the Buddha. What did the prince renounce the world and leave his royal lifestyle to search for? What did the Bodhisattva find out sitting under the Bodhi tree on the night of his enlightenment? What did he teach to his disciples for the following years of his life which was his gift to the world? What is our motive for practicing Buddhism 2,500 years later? Therefore, we need to approach truth and truthfulness with care and understanding in order to penetrate into the real meaning of the Buddha's teaching. We have to set ourselves up through our Buddhist practice to know the way things really are directly for ourselves. Many people have in the past sought the truth it is what they have sought the truth about, and how they have gone about finding it that has determined the knowledge or learning they gained from their quest. Buddha sought the truth about why sentient beings suffer and whether there is there a way to escape or avoid the sufferings that are experienced in life. In Buddhism, we divide knowledge into two categories. The first we call worldly knowledge, Lokia in Pali, which is knowledge about worldly matters, such as the learning we do at school, or the learning done in science and business, or the knowledge to do with worldly events and activities. The second category we call supramundane wisdom, Lokutra in Pali, which is knowledge about the path leading to liberation, including the Four Noble Truths the enlightenment factors, the ten perfections, and the unconditioned mind, nibbana or nirvana in Sanskrit. In Buddhism, we value both types of knowledge and learning as both are needed for the basis of being able to live skillfully in the world and to use our precious opportunity of human rebirth to abandon the causes of our sufferings. So how do we set ourselves up to know the truth about things? 
or in other words, how do we create the light, the right causes and mental conditions where we see things clearly as really are automatically as a result? Practicing truthfulness in our thoughts, words, and deeds clearly leads us to the right outcomes. Keeping the precept of refraining from lying is fundamental to learning and developing good understanding. The act of lying is an act of distorting the truth or distorting the reality in a way which suits the person lying. The act of distorting the truth creates karma for the person lying so that in the future they will find it more difficult to receive the truth than in their own minds. Either people lie to tell to lie to them, or they get poor information about things they wish to know, or if they are told the correct information, they will tend to not believe it, discount it or mistake what they heard. Even in a worldly sense, it is important to find out the truth about things. It is common occurrence to find that a person has believed you said something, but it wasn't what you actually said. Quite frequently, we find out we have acted on some incorrect information about something and so we have wasted a lot of time or bought something we didn't need or went somewhere to meet someone and got the time or place wrong and so on. It happens to us regularly. These examples of misinformation we get in our minds are caused by giving out misinformation or lying to others in the past. The True Fa Chi Yao Sutra say, Lying obscures the truth and carries us further and farther away from it. Lying creates innumerable obstacles to finding the way to liberation. Why does one lie? There are many reasons why we may have this tendency towards unskillful speech. It could be just lack of attentiveness and lack of intention to keep the precept to refrain from lying. We have karmic causes from our past of not practicing to refrain from lying. So there is a latent tendency to do it. We may have the habit from our childhood, so again we have a disposition to continue the habit. We can override this karma by applying mindfulness of our present action and speech to refrain from that karma and not lie. Lying is often done in an attempt to try to get around the 88 worldly conditions. That is lying to avoid being blamed or something, or to court praise. Lying down for some apparent gain and then lie to ward off some perceived loss. The same goes for the pairs of honour and dishonour and happiness and unhappiness. If we lie seeking some worldly benefit, unknown to the mind that lies, we are moving further and further away from many things which we really need for our well-being and happiness, such as being able to understand things clearly and not being confused, getting accurate information, finding out important information in a timely manner, and a race and ease of learning on the Buddha Dharma path. In the Upasaka Shila Sutra, it says that lying leads to poor speaking abilities. Lying leads to not being believed or trusted, not only because people found out a person lied in the past, but because of the working of karma from earlier times. Some person's words are listened to attentively with respect. 
others are not. In Venerable Narada Theras, the Buddha and his teachings, it is written, A Bodhisattva does not use flattery to win the hearts of others, does not exalt himself to win their admiration, does not hide his defects or vainly exhibit, exhibit his virtues. The praiseworthy he praises without malice. The blameworthy he blames judiciously, not with contempt but out of compassion. Even the truth he does not always utter. Should such utterance not be conducive to the good and happiness of others, then he remains silent. If any truth seems beneficial to others, he utters it, however detrimental to himself it may be. And he honours the word of others as he honours his own. In Heart of a Buddha, it is written, If you know anything that is hurtful and untrue, do not say it. If you know anything that is helpful but untrue, do not say it. If you know anything that is hurtful but true, do not say it. If you know anything that is helpful and true, find the right time. So, let us consider some of the subtler ways we may be lying to ourselves and others without realising it. Globalising Examples of this often involve words like always and everything. You can hear them in statements like you always criticise me or they always stuff things up. Angry minds tend to use statements like this rather than truthful statements because the logic system of anger is often based on overreaction to events and subsequently blowing things way out of proportion. It may seem more justified to be angry with someone who is always criticising me, but no one criticises another person 24 hours a day. There are many statements we use like this every day in common appellants, which, when considered, turn out to be untrue. Even when statements are not exaggerations, but just a conviction a person is holding still, we need to be careful. There is a big difference between saying, for example, Ford cars are better than Toyota cars, rather than saying, I believe Ford cars are better than Toyota cars. The difference is in the second case, the words used are safeguarding the truth. The first statement could be wrong, depending on what criteria are used to judge what makes a car better. It may seem inconsequential, however, attention to truthfulness builds the right karma and condition to understand the truth about things. Awfulizing Examples of this are when we use emotive words such as awful, terrible, horrible and shocking to express how we feel about minor things which have happened. You, sh you should have seen the awful mess she left in the kitchen for me to clean up. He's got this shocking habit of leaving wet towels on the bathroom floor. Often, this type of statement is said by a person is trying to make a case for themselves or a case against another person, and such emotive words are used to boost the grounds for complaint against the other person. Words have a clearly defined meaning which can be used 
as、uh, an accurate representation of what has happened, or what you wish to communicate. As we move further and further away from the real dictionary meaning of words in our daily usage of them, we are creating the karma of distorting what really happened by our unskillful use and choice of inappropriate words. Words are building blocks of our communication and understanding, so it is better to have a big vocabulary and respect for the actual meaning of words to be able to describe and explain things clearly and truthfully. Generalizing. Politicians are only looking after themselves. The banks are ripping everyone off. The statements are a hundred percent all or nothing comments about something, and they are common enough, but they are seldom accurate or truthful. Slandering and plain blemish. Slandering others comes from the root of hate or greed. Slandering another person often comes from the motive of making ourselves looks good. Or to produce some gain for ourselves at the slandered person's expenses. Its objective is to den- denigrate another person, pull them down, and by comparison, because we have identified their fault, we must be superior to them. Slandering is also used by persons to attack things they don't like personally, without accounting for whether there is any truth in the statements being made. For example. People regularly slander politicians as a group, regardless of the tireless work they perform in governing the country, and regardless that some politicians are intelligent, sincere, and genuine persons. The slander concentrates on a few aspects of behaviour, which we may find disagreeable, and ignores all other activities and benefits which may be associated with the object of the slander. Sure. There are things which we can point to regarding the faults of the others, but slander is not a balanced view. It is lopsided and selfishly motivated. Plain blemish is the idle behavior of finding fault with things or persons and using that as the basis of conversation with others. Look carefully at your conversations to see how frequently the wish to make conversation results in finding common ground with the other person in a game of blemish. Hype. This is where a person is acting with excessive buzz or noise on their minds. These types of minds tend to sensationalize things or hype them up, and that is where truth gets abandoned in favor of more buzz. Fantasizing. Fantasizing happens when our minds lose contact with the present moment. Instead of being mindful of what is happening moment by moment, our minds plays with thoughts of the past or future. In we, if we examine our fantasizing often, the ego is at play in a scenario where its wishes comes true. It wins every argument it has. It proves itself to be right over and over again. It can get anything it wants. The other persons in the fantasy are just objects for the ego to fulfill its one-sided self-cherishing. It's only through practicing mindfulness of the present that we will be able to develop minds which can wake us up from our dreams. 
flattery. Master Qingyun writes, "A common form of duplicity is flattery. Flattery is always engaged in for ulterior reasons. Flattery is a form of trickery used to get something to do something or give something they would not otherwise do or give." Whether we smile falsely or use words to create false feelings among people, we are guilty of an offense against truth. Actions like this damage the natural trust that should prevail amongst group of people. Again, from Master Qingyun, the importance of speech cannot be overemphasized. People create most of their bad karma through speech. Speech is the single most powerful means by which we interact with other people. Our choice of words, our tone of voice, even our selection of subject matter can have the profoundest influence on other people. Intemperate or ill-considered speech often leads to misunderstanding, suspicion, and anger. From Venerable Narada Thera, we read. Truthfulness or sacha is the seventh perfection. By sacha, is here meant the fulfillment of one's promise. This is one of the salient characteristics of a bodhisattva, for he is no breaker of his word. He acts as he speaks. He speaks as he acts. Yata vaditath, akari yata kari. Tathavadi. He makes truth his guide and holds it his bounden duty to keep his words. He ponders well before he makes his promise, but once made, the promise is fulfilled at any cost, even that of his life. From Acharya Dharmapala's commentary to the Kariya Patika. One devoted to truth secures the foundation of all noble qualities. With truthfulness as the foundation, he is capable of purifying and fulfilling all the requisites of enlightenment. Not deceived about the truth and true nature of phenomena, he performs the functions of all the requisites of enlightenment and completes the practice of the Bodhisattva path. This concludes Chapter Eleven of the book titled "Bringing Wisdom to Life." Thank you for listening to our Lifetimes of Learning podcast. To listen to other chapters of this book and our other recordings, please go to our website www.bdcu.org.au and click on Dharma Teachings, or you can go to our online World Buddhist Radio station from our website by clicking on Buddhist Radio. May you be well and happy. May all beings be well and happy.